Proverbs 23. And uh, if you would just divide up the chapter. Let's have three people read, please. You have 35 verses. Someone can read uh, 1 through 12. And then 13 through, uh, let's say 13 through 23. And then someone else, the rest of the chapter, please. Proverbs 23, NLT version. While dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. You will throw up what little you have eaten, and your compliments will be wasted. Don't waste your breath on fools, for they will despise the wisest advice. Don't cheat your neighbor by moving the ancient boundary markers. Don't take the land of defenseless orphans. For the Redeemer is strong. He himself will bring their charges against you. Commit yourself to instruction. Listen carefully to words of knowledge. Praise God. Don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment will, won't kill them. Physical discipline may well save them from death. My child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak what is right. Don't envy sinners, but always continue to fear the Lord. You will be rewarded for this. Your hope will not be disappointed. My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty. And too much sleep clothes them in rags. Listen to your father who gave you life. And don't despise your mother when she is old. Get the truth and never sell it. 
also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. Give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. O oh, my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways. A prostitute is a dangerous trap. A promiscuous woman is as dangerous as falling into a narrow well. She hides and waits like a robber eager to make more men unfitful. Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Who is always fighting? Who is always complaining? Who has unnecessary bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? It is the one who spends long hours in the taverns trying out new drinks. Don't gaze at the wine seeing how red it is. How it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. For in the end, it bites like a poisonous snake. It sings like a viper. You will see hallucination, and you will say crazy things. You will stagger like a sailor tossed at sea, clinging to a swearing mast. And you will say, they hate me, but I didn't feel it. I didn't even know it when they beat me up. When will I wake up so I can look for another drink? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Instruction from the Lord. Very direct and also in the voice of one who gets drunk. The total loss of reasoning capacity to even know what's happening to that individual because of the intoxication. This chapter here has a, an elaborate section there, as we see at the end, on drinking. Not merely eating and drinking, normal food and drink, but of course, getting intoxicated. Proverbs 20, at the very beginning, speaks about how alcohol drink will mock people. First and foremost, it will mock the person who is mastered by it. And here we have a, some more detail on its toxic effects to the human personality and to the body and relationships. But what does the world do? How do the advertisers present alcohol? Of course, they present it in a very alluring way. They know just how to blend uh, media technology with sight and sound just at the right moment to tease a person's senses and sensibilities. And even those who don't have any liking or practice of drinking alcohol, the nature of it is such that if it's presented in, in a certain way by the devil who works through people, it can be quite attractive, at least the way it's presented. But the Lord says it's like a serpent. 
it'll sting, it'll bite, it'll destroy. For all the advertisement that's out there for many, many years, how many of the advertisements similar to smoking commercials, tobacco and electronic cigarettes and all these things, these vices, set up by the devil to not only shorten people's lives, but to make the lives miserable and die miserable deaths. How many of the advertisements show people gasping for air in some hospital ward or lying by the gutter, bleeding? How many of the advertisements show the pain caused to the children because the parent thought it can be tolerated and tolerable? How many spouses would love to endorse drinking as a wonderful and great national and family pastime? When the relationships are ripped apart, the affections are misplaced, money is squandered, health is abused, and a whole string of destructive results of this simple fermented drink. Sometimes they come in very tiny containers and yet they have the potential to utterly destroy and ruin human lives. How can something so small be so destructive? The Lord says don't go by what you see with your eyes, go by wisdom. We need wisdom in everything that we do. Otherwise, we'll be baited and trapped and deceived by Satan. We remember he's the one that came appealing to humanistic wisdom to Eve in the garden. And he trapped her and destroyed her. And Adam and the human race with death. Until the Redeemer came. But the Lord says in many places in the New Testament, especially in Ephesians, don't get drunk with wine. Don't get mastered by these things. Be sober. Be alert. And this chapter also begins with a caution against the desire for food, tasty food, good food, food to fill our bellies when we're hungry. The Lord says there's something bigger at stake when we are given to appetite, we may get ourselves into a trap, similar to alcohol. Particularly, it mentions those who are sitting to dine or eat in the presence of a ruler or one with authority. I read verse 1 and 2 and 3 again. While dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. This is not a caution against poison. It's a caution against our own desires getting the better of us so that we are not able to discern what's actually happening. While dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Very graphic and very direct. Verse 3, don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. 
In the New King James, it's written, When you sit down to eat with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat. If you are a man given to appetite, do not desire his delicacies, for they are deceptive food. This is a principle. doesn't mean that every ruler is out to deceive and destroy his or her guests. But it's a principle that people have agendas, and especially those given to power and money, they have agendas. And they will do whatever they can to buy people. But God says, don't sell the truth. In other words, don't compromise your standard, your calling, what God has told you by some carnal appetite. Esau lost his birthright because he was given to appetite, albeit it was to survive, he thought. And yet it was a failure, moral failure. God says it's a godless thing to be given to appetite. How many of us, we look at items and things in this world and we are caught by the attractiveness. It appeals to our senses and immediately we jump to it. I want that one, I want this and that. We are given autonomy, the freedom to choose. We're given latitude and liberty as believers, but never the freedom to forfeit wisdom in the decision-making. It may be that God will prosper us, and we do get to pick colors and styles and all these things and things we buy. And God is delighted when a godly person, a child of God, looks to the Lord and prays and selects something. It delights God's heart. Was not God the one, the creator of the universe, who brought all the various animals to Adam? to see what he would name them? Didn't he get pleasure and delight? God is the best parent. He's a generous and loving God. He doesn't reject or refuse us choice in many things. But he says, let wisdom be your guide. In other words, don't be one who makes decisions on impulses based upon carnal desire. We may have come from such a country such a land, being a citizen of a territory and domain where we were used to, in all our lives, making decisions based upon our senses, our physical senses, and then regretting it. God says we have a helper, the Holy Spirit. We have the truth. And that we ought to be people who are disciplined. As we look at this verse here, put a knife to your throat, does it mean that a person should carry small daggers? They can't help themselves when they sit down to eat somewhere. They just can't get a hold of themselves. They've got to have that lamb biryani. They can't help themselves, but they have to sink their teeth into that medium-rare steak. They can't wait to get a hold of that fruit punch. Or those cheese doodles we speak from where we are as human beings we're given these senses and God has given us a wonderful sense of smell to be able to smell the most aromatic foods fragrances he's given us our taste buds absolutely amazing how God has created the human body 
to be able to discern between tastes of different foods and even the slightest degree what is sweet and what is salty what is savory God did that but the Lord says that's not your guide your guide should always be the truth of God and the Holy Spirit to help you to know your context your situation and when to turn your appetite on and when to turn it off we will keep ourselves in the way of life if we learn how to do that with the help of the Holy Spirit. The failure of human beings and even many people who profess to know the Lord is because they fail to control their passions, their desires. Whether it's food or drink or even sexual appetite. Isn't it true? What do we see in the world? Multitudes falling because they cannot control their appetites. They don't want to. Licentiousness, lasciviousness, immorality, gluttony, drunkenness, all kinds of, as the Bible says, orgies, all kinds of wastes and dissipation. Why? Because of grabbing and looking and desiring, giving oneself, oneself over to the pull of satanic advertising instead of saying father I want to be in the land of the living I want to walk in the way of life I want the fullness of life that comes from you Lord you give me what I should eat you show me what I should purchase Lord you show me where my feet should walk who I should associate associate with what I should give my ear to I will turn things off immediately when I know it's not from the Lord do we have such just or have we begun to lower our standards and our guards isn't it wonderful that God would remind us and reinforce the truth this morning to show us a wonderful path a path full of glory no harm no loss people look for success in Proverbs we can see over and over again how the fool will look for success in this life and utterly become a failure because he or she does not do it God's way. But for the child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who owns the universe, all riches, honor, and life will come. To the one who has the fear of the Lord, enough sense to be humble and to receive instruction from God. Now imagine passing this off to your children. Receiving the instruction of the Almighty God, living by it, and then giving it to our children. More than education, more than money, more than comforts of life, more than savings for college, and for weddings, and for houses and lands for our little ones, the pride of our lives, as they say. You teach a child to fear the living God, you have given everything to that child. Hallelujah. You bring the child to the Lord Jesus Christ, and show the child how to obey the king of the universe. You've given that child everything he or she needs. Not only for this life, but for eternity. And to think that as a mortal, as a human being, I can do that for my child. What a glorious treasure and privilege and an absolute obligation.
that I must make a priority as I raise my children. Otherwise, I'll be the most foolish parent ever to forfeit that blessing, the treasure, the privilege, and the obligation. The moral obligation to do the best for my child, which is to bring the child to fear the living God. Oh, if you teach your child to fear the Lord, you don't have to worry about cigarettes in their back pockets. You don't have to worry about them dabbling with alcohol when they get to college or before that. You don't have to worry about them practicing safe sex because they will know how to keep themselves until the godly spouse God brings them. My son, my child, my daughter, oh, you make my heart glad. Why? Because like John the Apostle said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking the truth. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad this morning? My heart is overjoyed because my God has counted me worthy to receive His grace, though I deserve none of it. He values me. He values you and your children and your progeny. Blessed to be the rock. Let us be careful to buy the truth, buy the truth, buy the truth, and never sell any of it. Never compromise. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's it. What will come as a result? Riches, honor, and life. Is there anything outside of those boundaries that we can ever desire that is good for us? Nothing. The Lord says in the book of Revelation, Come to me. I will give you gold tried by fire. True riches. Eternal riches. You can't buy that on this planet. But you can get it from the Almighty God. I can understand in part how people like the Apostle Paul just felt like exploding in joy. I feel some of that now. Hallelujah. And I hope you do too. Because God loves us so much and He's given us His truth. A person that is one spirit with the Lord, 1 Corinthians 6, is invincible, is victorious, hallelujah, will live and reign forever and ever. God, hallelujah. This day, as we go about our business, Let's exercise self-discipline, self-control, the fruit of the Spirit, and say, Lord, I, I want more of it, more of it. Lord, I want to manifest your life, the divine life, by yielding myself to the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, help me to get myself in check and keep it in check, that my delight will be the Word of God and my food will be to do the will of God and to finish the work that He's given me this day. May our tummies be full, our hearts be glad in doing the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Son of God himself said that. My meat, my food, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. That's what satisfies me. Does God's word and his will satisfy you 
more than your favorite food? Is it true? Is God's will the direction from the Holy Ghost? His Holy Word delight you more than anything you could possibly want to do today? Is it true? How glad our Father's heart would be when we are wise children and when we see a deficiency or a sliding back from our true position. All we need to say is, Lord, help me. Oh, my Lord, I cast myself upon your mercy. I want to get back to my first love. Oh, my Lord, have I slacked off on reading the Word of God? Have I slacked off in my prayer life? My passion for my King? Isn't He the one who's responsible for my life and my eternity? Isn't it the Lord who carefully has given me every bit of food in my refrigerator and has given me appetite and strength to consume it and to be well? Isn't it my Father? My Father? Who cares for the birds of the air? How much more for me? Don't I owe everything to my God? Isn't He my very breath and my life? May it be so. He's truly the passion of my life more than any other human being. Jesus Christ, all in all. And He will guide us into green pastures beside still waters, restore our souls. Lead us in the way of everlasting righteousness. We need to have such discipline as if we had a knife to our throat. In other words, absolute terror to the flesh when the Spirit of God directs us to subdue it in doing the will of God. God says, if you put to death the deeds of the body, if you live in the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. Whoever has the fear of the Lord shall abide satisfied. We're looking for satisfaction. The world is looking for satisfaction. One man gets all the money he can possibly get. Literally has gold bars in his vault. Literal gold bars. Billions and billions. No satisfaction. Another one drinks and drinks and has the finest so-called wines of the whole world as his personal collection. No satisfaction. Another word, one pursues relationships, gives himself or herself over to immorality in relationships. No satisfaction. Another one likes to travel the world and sees all the sights he or she can see. Speaks to all the people we're supposed to be the sages of this life. No satisfaction. Another one gives himself, herself over to music and the pursuit of beats and vibrations of musical instruments. No satisfaction. Another one says, if I can just get to the top of my profession, I'm climbing the success ladder. One promotion, two last month, three next month, and I'm the CEO by the end of the year. No satisfaction. That's the truth. Anyone who seems to be satisfied apart from God with anything, any endeavor, the Bible says it's vanity of vanities. It's a chasing after the wind. 
it's an illusion, and more correctly put, a deception. Much like a person who drinks and doesn't know that people are beating up, beating him up. Sustains wounds and bruises. And until he or she comes to, doesn't know the damage that has been done. But for the one who's thinking soberly, because he or she loves the Lord, loves the Word of God, and seeks the true treasure, the real satisfaction, there shall be no loss, only gain. And that gain is cumulative, true riches, unto the perfect day. Until a rich, royal, abundant entry is granted when we enter heaven. Hallelujah. We have made our choice. We will serve the Lord and follow Him. All that we desire is in Jesus Christ. And if any one of our family members are not serving Jesus, they are in the path of destruction, period. If anyone is backslidden, they are heading back to the land of vanity and deception. How we ought to pray for ourselves and our loved ones that, Lord, I'm not worried about how much money they make. I don't care what college the kids go to. I'm not interested in what kind of house they built. I don't even care how they take care of their bodies and they seem to be fit and health conscious. They are veritable corpses with no spiritual life walking around until the slaughter comes from Satan. They need the Lord. We should intercede for them with a passion. Oh God, if there's one thing I want, I don't care what they have, what they don't have. They must have you, Lord, as the Lord of their lives. They must join with me as their mother and grandmother or father or grandfather or uncle or brother or sister or aunt to worship the living God, to honor the Lord with everything we've got. Until then, can you be satisfied? Knowing that your loved ones are deceived? We ought to pray, and as we've seen even recently, our prayers can move heaven to shock them out of their deception till they come with you to the house of God to worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. You can pray. God could knock people off their high horses bring them to reality, make them ditch the bottle, ditch gambling, ditch carousing, dissipation, and all the allurements of Satan, including making money and being intellectual and bright and having degrees and having positions here and there and access cards to here and there. When they actually have nothing before God, they're poor. You can make them rich through your prayers because God will step in. Glory be to God. But first, we must make sure that we are on point with God. That we love the Lord. That we have come to a point if we have loved food, I have loved food before, very particular, that I've come to see, come to practice, dying to myself so I can live in the Spirit. And God will satisfy with everything we need at the right time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord be our chief passion. 
May he make our hearts glad today as we make his heart glad. May he shower you with blessings today, eternal blessings, I pray. Heavenly Father, may the word of God stick as a root that will grow strong into a fruitful tree, Lord, in every one of our lives, that the yield will be all manner of heavenly fruits, fruit of the Spirit, and souls brought to the Savior by our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we'll be restless day in and day out, interceding for our loved ones to be touched by you, Lord, mightily, while there's still time. And I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.